This is a Pod Dealers Network podcast. What's going on, everybody? You're now tuned into the voice of Dergo BJ from the podcast Change the Subject. And you're tuning into the Saturday Series Podcast, which is brought to you by the good folks over at the Pod Dealers Network. Shouts out to Jay from Just Say Words Pod, who invited me onto the platform. And we're going to delve into what is BJ's childhood like. Now, when um, I was first initially approached about getting on the Saturday Series, I was definitely game just to support another brother in podcasting but ultimately it struck a difficulty because in my own mind I didn't feel like I had much of a childhood um reason being for two reasons one was the neighborhood kind of dictated how much leeway or opportunity we actually had to be kids and then two um strict parenting was uh very heavy and my upbringing um, to kind of like give you an idea. I was born in Detroit, but my childhood years were spent in Highland Park where my great grandparents lived. Um, Highland Park is like a small city within Detroit. Um, very, very small. Doesn't have its own infrastructure. It doesn't have its own government either. Um, Highland Park was policed by the Detroit Police Department I still to this day do not even know who was the mayor at any point of Highland Park and everything was literally in walking distance like the store was in walking distance our neighborhood church is literally around the corner takes about five minutes to walk to church so everything was like so close because the city was so small it really didn't take much to make it at that time but maybe that was the reason why it was so high in crime and all of those different issues because it was nothing that they could call their own because it was so small and it really didn't provide enough resource or opportunity in the city so this is where i ultimately grew up and my grandparents lived there my entire life up until the point that they passed um my mother's mother passed when i was around four years old And I believe that's how we ended up at my great-grandparents' home. So um, when we moved into Highland Park, what was noticeably different from any other time was um, I remember when we stayed on um, Vaughn in Detroit with my mother's mother, it was a little bit more lively. It was a little bit more energy in this area but once you get to highland park it was kind of like very mild and slow mainly because the the neighborhood that we grew up in were pretty much occupied by a bunch of people that, that had lived there forever and um most of the neighbors that we knew back then were already up in age when we were kids so it was kind of like where most of the retired folks would go or had been for x amount of years so that was noticeably different but um it was even harder to grow in this particular area because of of course the crime and then that put limitations on 
what we could do as kids. We really didn't get to play with the few kids that were actually in the neighborhood. Um, at one point, I remember the only time we got to really play outside was under two conditions. The one condition was if, in fact, my grandmother was doing laundry and had to hang up the clothes on the clothesline, she would let us go out back with her while she was back there to supervise. And then the same would be when my grandfather would go out into um, the garden. Now, behind our house was the garage and the small door was on the inside. So um, walking off the back porch down to the garage, there was like a, a main small door that you could walk through to get into the garage. And then the big door was on the outside of the garage. So it's not the same as how we grow up in the, the more modern times where there's a driveway and you can drive up your driveway into your garage. You actually access the inside of your garage from um, the back end of the garage. There was an alley behind our garage where my grandfather used to drive his car down the garage and then enter into the garage from the alley. So um, that's how old some of the houses were. And um, he would eventually build a garden of a plain of dirt and grass that kind of wasn't being treated or you know cared for. He um, built a fence around this dirt plain and turned it into a garden. So there were moments where he would be outside gardening and me and my cousin would get to ride our bikes in the alley while he was there to supervise. He kept his shotgun like tucked on the inside of the garage door. We definitely knew not to touch it, but didn't necessarily even understand why he did that. So um, there was moments where um, people would try to like steal from the garden or, you know, play around or whatever. And, you know, I remember times where my grandfather was letting off shots at people you know, when they tried to steal from them or whatever. Um, so growing up and and now being an adult, like I totally understand why we were restricted. But back then it made no sense. Um, when we did play in the backyard outside of those two instances were when the next door neighbor's grandchildren would be in the backyard playing too. And that was always a rarity. I don't even know why they would have those few times to play in the backyard because they of course had more leniency and leeway than we did. They would play out front more than they played in the backyard. Maybe they just done that for us. I don't know. But um, we would like play volleyball over the fence since the fence was kind of like the net between us. So we would play volleyball sometimes until they got tired and would go off in the front. And um, I don't think we were able to go to the front yard to play until maybe three or four years after this time that I'm speaking of. So it was a long time before we were able to go out front. And the irony of telling this story is those kids that we're talking about that were next door to us were the grandchildren of my grandmother's figurative best friend. So it was it was really confusing to us. Like, how is this your best friend? If you don't trust us to go play with her kids and um, my grandmother just wasn't having it. Like I grew up in a time where society didn't raise your kids. You raised your kids. So even though that was her homegirl and 
her homegirl got kids and grandchildren of her own, my grandmother still made sure that she was responsible for making sure that we were safe. It wasn't nobody else's job. It was her job and she took pride in it. So um, we didn't get to play with them like that. By the time we got out front to play in the front yard, um, her best friend had already passed. Um, the kids moved. So it was a completely different set of kids by the time we actually got to the front. So they didn't even understand or even know what our hardship was. So we kind of transitioned into playing with some all new kids by the time we finally got to the front yard. So it didn't really feel painful once we got to the front because there was nobody there to remind us of where we came from. It was like starting completely fresh when um, we met the newer kids that had finally moved in after the family had left. So um, it was cool up until this one moment where um, I was riding my bike. Now the bike restriction was you ride from corner to corner, you can't go off the block and you can't ride in the street. So I'm riding my bike up the street and it's this guy, this straggly looking guy, no haircut, just looking terribly bummy, walking down the street and he sees me and he just starts up a conversation and he's like admiring my bike. He's like, man, you got a cool bike. And, you know, really like admiring what my grandfather had bought me for a birthday. So I'm just like, you know, smiling, feeling good. I'm feeling like the man because he making it, you know, he making it appear as though this bike is almost limited edition. Like this is just the bike. And so he like, you know, how about you race me on your bike? Like I'll, I'll run and you ride your bike or whatever. And he's like, you can't go until I say go. He's really like building up my confidence. And I'm like really excited about this for some reason. I don't know this man at all though. So um, I take off and it's just like, he's almost like jogging. Um, he definitely could have kept up with how fast I was riding this bike. But I just think that it was purposely done this way to get me to like, curve and turn at the corner to come back around because immediately as I turned he knocked me off the bike took it and you know rode off so I go through all of this trouble to try to get to the front yard to get this freedom and this is like one of the first instances that happens to me so in my mind my childhood was over and that was like the start of my anger you know um the feeling of somebody taking something from me as a young man. Like that was the start of very, very, very harsh anger. And um, I remember like trying to get my cousin to let me ride her bike on the, the few times that she wasn't riding it. But of course, you know, you can't expect, you know, a person who's gone through that same struggle to kind of feel you in yours because they've been wanting that freedom for so long too. So I didn't get to really ride the bikes much as I wanted to. Couldn't share my cousin's bike. It just made me more angry. And then it was, you know, a point where it took me a while to get another bike. So um, on top of having anger issues, I also was able to develop my imagination to some sense because I had to be creative in order to entertain myself. So um, I got to the point of, like taking things apart and putting it back together. My um, mind for ingenuity began to take shape. I started drawing. I started writing. I started to 
um, play music. I had um, got this small Yamaha keyboard that allowed you to track like two or three tracks onto the recorder. And I would like start to make what was at that time my first couple of beats. I would do like little things just to entertain myself because of course we can't watch TV, no access to the TV still. At this time, it was only like uh, two TVs in my house. Um, from what I can remember, one TV was in my aunt's room. And um, when we became a little older, of course, we were a little bit more rambunctious and we would like terrorize her room. She would lock her room up so that we wouldn't tear her room up, not really knowing that it was depriving us from the small amounts of TV that we actually got to watch. But then the main TV was in my grandmother's room and she occupied it. Like during the day, she would watch all of her soap operas. It was one night, one life to live in um, General Hospital. If I'm correctly quoting these shows, those were like her favorite soap operas. And then during the evening times, um, I would get to um, stay in her room and watch the um, late night television. She was watching like Mary Tyler Moore and um, MASH. We would watch In the Heat of the Night. In the Heat of the Night was her favorite show. And then um, it was other shows like Amen was like um, the closest to like Christian television that we would have access to. And then Walker, Texas Ranger was like another show that she loved. So like during the week, I would watch like basic television um, and we would just pick up on like In the Heat of the Night. And um, Walker, Texas Ranger was like the only things that I was actually willing to watch. But I didn't complain because it was still like a moment I got to spend with my great grandmother. And um, it was dope to see how like alive she became when those shows would come on because she liked action packed stuff. So she would literally be communicating with the television as if she's talking to other human beings. So it was always entertaining to watch my grandmother watch TV. So that was another highlight in my childhood. And then on the weekends, um, if we weren't trying to play and we just so happened to stay inside, she was still watching like, you know, dry mouth television like Perry Mason or uh, Matlock or something like that. So it was like, man, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not watching this stuff. And then it was another show. It was another like criminal show that she used to watch. I can't remember the name of it. And I know I know what it is because I still see this lady pop up on television all the time. But um, some other crime show that a lady was like the key character, but I can't think of the name of it, but it was like real dry television. So we really didn't watch TV for real, because even if we could watch TV, we really didn't even have cable. So it was like, it's almost like a bunch of stuff that we really didn't care to watch. So ultimately it wasn't that much, you know, consumption of television. It was still like limitations. So, um, thinking back, like, I'm like extremely grateful because a lot of those things that started at young age are what helps me in the creativity that I have today. So um, I'm saying all of this to say I'm not like complaining about my childhood because looking back on that time, I was extremely blessed because there's a lot of people that I knew from Highland Park that did not make it out of Highland Park, that did not survive those circumstances that my grandparents insisted upon protecting me from. And some of those same like instincts 
as an adult that, you know, knowing your surroundings, knowing how to navigate in some of the most treacherous places and knowing how to conduct yourself like those are things that have become instincts as an adult now. And um, I just went back a few years ago to see the old neighborhood and the old neighborhood has completely died off. Now, one house that I remember as a kid is still standing on that neighborhood that my grandmother's house had on. Not even my grandmother's house is up anymore. There's a, a tree that grew straight up the middle of the house. I don't know how that happened or why it happened, but somehow there's a tree that grew straight up the middle of the house. It was already burnt down to begin with, but um, like I said, like it's just like a, a wasteland at this point. A lot of trash and debris. It's a big field full of garbage. The only thing that's still standing in that neighborhood is our church. Our church is over 100 years old. I don't go to the church anymore, but it's still very much a part of who I am. So I still claim it as my church. It was my very first church growing up. That church is still standing, um, still in the same condition as it was when I was a kid. Um, you know, definitely some, you know, renovations and things have been done to keep it up. But um, that's the only thing in the neighborhood that still exists is a church. So um, my pastimes were very limited. Saturdays were spent like just trying to do something to keep my mind off how mad I was Monday through Friday. You know what I'm saying? And trying to make myself as happy as I possibly could without feeling like I was actually, you know, being hindered as a kid. I dealt with anger issues up until I got a maybe 22, 23 years old. I had some trying issues um, happen to me by being angry. And um, like I said, I, I didn't really know how to challenge myself to do better because I felt like that was somebody else's job. So my childhood was crazy. You know, um, a lot of things that I probably going to discuss and probably going to on my own platform, but in a nutshell, the reason why I think it was important to share this is because just because you didn't have the life or the the childhood or the circumstances that you felt like you were supposed to have, the, the blessing is the abilities to still be alive today, to make the changes, to make Saturdays worthwhile. So when I finally figured out that this is what I was supposed to talk about and my purpose in podcasting is to change the perspective of the common person to see the brighter side of things. Um, it made this point more important to me to share on the Saturday series podcast. I don't have an amazing childhood story to tell you, but I'm still using that, that ambition from those years of just trying to find myself and trying to find the best thing for me find uh you know a happy place like I use those inspirations even from that time to push me in the direction that I'm going today so um I don't regret my childhood my my childhood is the fuel that I use the ambition that I draw from like all of those things are still very much within this person that I am today so um my childhood is still a part of who I am right now and I'm living those moments right now. I still have childish moments where I don't care about how old I am. I just do certain things to make me happy. So, um, you know, forever young is like something that 
I think will help a lot of us to, you know, experience more, um, travel more, spend time with family more, um, take responsibilities off the table and fully indulge yourself into your recess and your, you know, rehabilitation and rejuvenation of energy. Like do whatever it is that you feel like is going to make you feel like a kid again. So that's my life in a nutshell. Um, I don't know if this was entertaining or not, but my life nonetheless. If you want to get to know me even further, you can follow me on Twitter at ThereGoBJ. Follow my podcast, Change the Subject, at The Subject Change on Instagram. Definitely get in touch with me. Leave all comments. Let me know what you thought about what I said today. I definitely have a story that has continued beyond here. And you can keep in touch with it on my platforms personally. I'm just about everywhere you can find a podcast. So reach out to me. Let me know what you think. Again, thank you to Jay from Just Say Words and the Pod Dealers Network for having me, man. Um, anytime I can grace the platform again, I'm definitely willing to do so. So um, thanks again for listening and hope that you guys are blessed. Peace. <laughs>